think it's all over. It is now. It's gone. Hello, good evening from the relocated home of They Think It's All Over. We're here in our house in Bath. We've unfortunately ha- lost our remote connection to the University Radio Bath studio, but we'll be keeping you um, updated with regular footballing updates in the form of podcast. Something a bit different for us here, boys, do you think? Yeah, should be good. Should be good. Worth doing it. Yeah, looking forward to it. So today we'll be rounding you up for the latest with the latest news from the world of football, bringing you analysis from all the updates we've had in our first full week under lockdown in the UK. Clubs have begun to stop paying staff wages. We've seen the lower leagues cancelled for this season. In fact, today every result from the national league and below this season has been expunged. And of course, threats remain over the EFL and the Premier League. Could they be registered null and void? Or could we see the remaining matches played hurriedly in the summer in some sort of World Cup-style tournament? We're also going to chat about our best PL11 with no more than one player coming from each country. So have a think about who you'd select. It's actually a lot harder than you think. We spent a lot of time this afternoon discussing it and uh, who we'd pick in each position. Uh, here with me to discuss it all is a usual lineup of David Morgan. All right, how's it going? And Matthew Dawes. You all right, mate? How's things? And we're also joined by former regular and now regular on the phone in Scott Hyron. Love it. How you doing, all right? Yeah, good. Good to have you all here under the, the bed sheets in, at home. <laughs> a, little, a little bit different situation to be in a nice studio. But... At least Rod's kept a clean sheet. You know? <laughs> oh, dear. It's <laughs> not, for us this season. not a good start. Um, so what, what are these rumours about a World Cup-style tournament for the Premier League this summer, Dorsey? I think you're the, the one to ask. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm really excited, actually. Um, sort of a quarantine World Cup, I think, <laughs> is what I'd, what I'd sort of uh, name it. So... They've decided, well, obviously not decided, but there's rumours going about that there'll be a four to six week period in June or July where all the teams come together in the Midlands for whatever reason. I think that's because maybe there's the most stadiums and play up to three games a day in order to get the Premier League done in those four to six weeks. And all the games will be televised for people at home. So I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty, pretty ideal. Um, Obviously, there'll be no fans allowed actually in the stadiums themselves, but... All of them will be televised on Sky and BT, so I don't know about you boys, but I'm pretty excited about this. In my opinion, I I would rather postpone the season uh, to next season because I think football without the fans isn't isn't quite the same. I think a few of us watched some of the games in the Champions League and Europa League, uh, some of the games without the fans. Okay, granted, we all miss football and we all wanted to come back. But we watched some of those games and the atmosphere was just so dead. Like the PSG Dortmund game, like it wasn't even worth watching. It just felt really weird to watch. And I'd rather just continue this current season properly when it's safe for both all the fa- all, for all the fans, uh, for the players and all the staff behind it um, to be able to do it. Then I think that's the best solution. At that point, might not actually come around. Like you know, we could be in this situation for six months, twelve months, eighteen months. Do you just keep prolonging the season, or just try and get it done? When we the first time we have a chance, I I think personally uh, prolong it for a wee while, because at the end of the day we're not really. How good. long is a wee while? Like, <laughs> do you look, if it's two years, do you keep going? Three years? How yeah. long do you go for? Yeah, but then if we did this strategy, how would you then commence the next season? This is the idea of completing it as soon as possible to then start a new season. But you could if, start a new season in the same vein, just have matched behind closed doors. Yeah, but have players live in the Midlands for a whole year. I don't <laughs> no, I don't, well, I don't once, think Sergio Aguero wants to live there. Well, once once the new season starts, you just play it on as normal week by week, but just behind closed doors. Yeah, but how can you assure that all the players are going to stay quarantined and isolated in that time? 
it's you as everyone's in the same boat yeah but even when you go to the the shops or anything like that you can always catch something you know it's a very it's a very delicate situation and it takes the wrong people to be outside uh for the coronavirus to spread yeah i just think is we need something back you know i'm bored already it's been (laughs) what two three weeks now i just want football some sort of football back I think we all do, but I think at the same at the same time, this, the safety of the world has to come first, and also doing things properly and right. It's it's a good it's a good idea, but in terms of um, going forward for especially next season, I don't think it's feasible to do for a whole season. What What do you think about you know? I know you mentioned it, Rod. Maybe it could incentivize people to stay inside. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if it's logistical nightmare, but if they did this World Cup style thing. Assembled all the players, all the staff, you know, this sort of custom camp, if you will, that where they all have to stay there for two weeks before the tournament starts, and then that means that they're completely clean, and then they can play the tournament and just get this season done, and then realistically it removes the stress on next season because potentially you've it could come to September time, and then there it's like you know the new season is about to start but we've still got the old season to deal with. If you can just draw a line under the old season fairly, and this is realistically the fairest way it's going to happen, then it means that you can just start the next season whenever it's safe to do so. Yeah, yeah. and obviously you know, we talked about it a lot last week, the money situation. This would mean that the teams do get that vital TV money from Sky and BT. So these so, you know, teams like Brighton and Burnley can actually stay afloat. So I think it's probably the best possible situation Obviously, it's not an ideal situation, but just finish the season in this sort of World Cup style, end to the Premier League, and I think why not do it? Honestly, I don't see why not. Yeah, I think as you know, as I mentioned, it's an opportunity to keep keep people at home, and who wouldn't want to watch three or four matches a day, you know, for three four weeks? It'd be, it'd be a good laugh for us stuck in isolation. <laughs> I mean, people wouldn't leave their house for anything, you know, <laughs> if there were three matches a day, as well as the fact that potentially even other European leagues could follow suit, and then you know. People would be like, what is isolation? I've got football all day. Like, get the beer delivered. You'd be happy days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Domino's bad. orders in at half-time. All <laughs> the now over half-time. Some beasting. Of course, you mentioned the European leagues there, Rod, but the interesting one at the moment is the Belarusian league is actually still going on. I, mean, I don't know what your thoughts are, boys. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, the president of Belarus has come out and said, you know, we're not scared of Corona. We can beat it with vodka and sunshine. So <laughs> I think that shows how deluded he is. Um, he said that nothing will stop the sport. It will keep going no matter what. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's given us an opportunity to watch some football. I mean, it's obviously useless. Bate Borisov. Bate Borisov. Yeah. Great side, great side. Yeah. But, Demo Brest. You know, I mean, good it's, sides. It's, Minsk. Minsk, yeah. yeah. Good side, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's it's ridiculous that there's still not there's still 30, you know 10,000 15,000 fans at each game as well which is just it's crazy to think about that situation going on over there but come on I mean I don't know whether you UEFA have to get involved and be like you actually have to stop well now. so you, you, I read what UEFA said they said it's up to the individual um, associations to do what they decide they're not taking any stance on it it's down to the individual nation, nations that sums up UEFA though doesn't it really never n- no backbone at all no. about them I mean come on here comes Man City booing the champions at the <laughs> Champions League anthem right? the, on, the only <laughs> thing UEFA have ever done that's correct in my eyes is this banning of City because <clears> they finally showed that they've actually got some backbone but I think that that statement is just so wishy-washy isn't it oh you can it's up to you you know have a stance we're not playing it. 
I mean, there's rumours that the Champions League is going to be cancelled altogether this season. I was going season. to say, yeah, talking about UEFA, they're, they're considering just cancelling that, giving more time to the domestic leagues for them to be finished. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the right move. Um, what, or, what, what do you make of that, Hyron? Well, I, I disagree with it personally. I <laughs> just because City have got a chance? Not just because of that, but I think if you... So not... you'd be very happy to drag out the domestic yeah. season for as long as it takes and just not play it, but you don't think they should just cancel the Champions League? No, no, so they drag that out as well. So I, I think when it's safe to do so, you should drag out both the... Uh, domestic league and the European leagues as well I think in my opinion there has to be something consistent across all of Europe obviously um, with some nations obviously still playing football uh, (laughs) as not the utmost ideal I think UEFA again like we just said haven't really taken the right stance on that but I think it's best to keep everything consistent and just carry on when it is safe I think at the end, at the end of the day, who knows how long this coronavirus is going to be around for? Like we said, it could be six, eight, uh, six, twelve months, uh, maybe longer. Um, it, it's easier just to start the next season when it has to. Like if it, if we have to wait ages, then so be it. If say it finishes, we can start playing again in December. You could maybe have like a like a half season or something like that where you kind of play every team once rather. <laughs> I think like, it's, it's, it's that doors. What, what do you make of that? I just disagree with that statement. That's ridiculous, in my opinion. What? <laughs> I don't see what's wrong with I, that. I, I, you play. You play. You either get team. the games done now, or you avoid the season and you don't start until everyone's ready. Yeah, because if the, if you keep this season going, but we're not playing for another eighteen months, suddenly you'll have four or five transfer windows. Players will have to retire. You think about Cristiano Ronaldo will be thirty-eight. Like he'd be an old man. Yeah, but yeah. That's, that's the, that, at the end of it, if it's not safe to do so, players are going to have to retire. Uh, same, same with people in normal jobs, if if they can't go to their jobs, but at the end of the day, they get to 66, 67. But is, is that fair? Why would you rather drag it out? Surely because, just cancel the season. Yeah, you, you either feel it's that you can play it in this sort of controlled way, or you have to cancel the season, because if you drag it out, you know, going on a year, players' contracts are going to run out, players are going to age, mm-hmm. players are going to be horrendously out of practice. Because some of them, especially at the lower clubs, they don't have the money to have you know their own sort of training complex at home, like you know your Ronaldo's and Messi's will do. Yeah. So they can continue as normal. It's it's a fair comment, but I think you could, like you could either drag her out or you could you could finish all of the competitions in this format. Obviously, Europe would be a little bit more difficult because you got teams from all over uh, Europe. But um, I I think it's fair to finish everything as it is when it's safe to do so. But it's. It's obviously a very complicated mm. situation uh, above any of our pay grades. <laughs> pay grades? <laughs> We're not getting paid for this. Are you? There's something I'm t- not telling you boys. <laughs> University Radio Bath can confirm it's not paying yeah. Scott Hyrum any salary for this. I don't know who'd want to pay him any money for this anyway. Exactly. Oh, I definitely deserve some of it. Oh dear. So, oh, we, we, we've seen, so we're suggesting here probably to, to hold on to the season, at least for the time being. Um, Initially, it was thought that maybe the all results would be sort of null and voided, and then Karen Brady was an initial proponent of that. <laughs> Obviously, with West Ham's pretty dire situation in the league at the moment, um, that has now happened today in the National League and below. So, anything from the fifth tier downwards, mm. everything's been completely voided. Uh, we talk about Bath City a lot on this program. They were obviously pushing for a promotion, a really good season so mm. far. Uh, possibility at one point of automatic promotion, or I think they were settling for a playoff place in the end. Um, but that now is, is out the window, that's gone. And it looks like, I think, over 100 individual clubs are now lodging a legal challenge against the <laughs> FA. Um, so can you imagine if this had gone further up the chain and we see the EFL or Premier League cancelled? Well, the FA will be bankrupt by next week at this rate. Like, 
as we said last week, they've got very little actual capital expenditure. So if suddenly all the clubs start suing the FA, the FA, what will happen if the FA doesn't exist? We won't have a governing body in yeah. the UK. I don't yeah. understand how that would work, but I think it's only a matter of time before the likes of League Two and League One start going down and down, and then the Championship, and then it'll be the Premier League, unless we go through this quarantine-style World Cup situation. It's, cr- it's crazy. Um, I think, you think, you think it's the right decision from the F- FA there at this stage? I'd, uh, I don't. I think it's too early to make such a big call. And again, I think, because especially for these smaller clubs where they don't manage to get the revenue and things like that, it's... But also the, all the hard... The hard-earned... Like, you think about all the games and all the fans that have travelled all around the UK or all around England to see their team play, like, even on the Tuesday, Wednesday nights... 30, well, probably about 35, 36 games into the season just for it to be all waste. Like, it's, it just seems too early to make such a decision where it could have been made later. And the trouble as well is that with these sort of the lower league clubs, there's no chance they can get TV money. They are purely reliant on match day income. Yeah. And yeah. realistically, even if, you know, lockdown gets lifted soon, well, within a few months, there's there's still going to be massive restrictions on mass gatherings and stuff. So potentially, I think they may have just been forced to make this decision because it could be a long, long time before there's any chance of having a football game that's not behind closed doors. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. I mean, obviously, we know that Bath have already asked season ticket holders to renew for next season, even though they have no idea if they will be a next season, just to keep you know the ship afloat, as it were. You know, the merchandise sales, they've been begging fans to sort of buy as much merch as possible just to keep the club going. I mean, if you suddenly lose out on like 80, 90% of your revenue from match days, how are you going to pay the bills for, you know, rent of the land, the rent of the stadium, the gas and electricity of the stadium? It's things like that. Obviously, the Premier League, you know, we've got so much money in there. But the smaller clubs like that, I don't know how they're going to survive. And of course, looking further up the food chain, it's not just the the rents on the stadium and the bills they've got to pay it's the huge salaries of the players mm. and I think we're starting to see now clubs well, not done it with the players yet but certainly the sort of um, the staff the support staff around the teams um, have started to be furloughed this word we've heard thrown around in the last <laughs> week or so where they're put on a kind of leave they sort of postpone their contracts I suppose um, and the government play, pays 80% of the normal salary up to two and a, two and a half thousand pounds um one of the first clubs to do this in the Premier League was, um, unsurprisingly, I guess, Newcastle with Mike Ashley at the helm. Good old, good old Mike. You know what he's like. He's always <laughs> trying to get as much money as possible. But I think, for me, the players have to sort of take a stand at this point. Um, I know Barcelona came out yesterday and said that players are taking a 70% wage cut to cover the cost of all the rest of the staff around, around the club, as well as sort of help with the coronavirus donations. But I think that's what clubs should do. I mean... When you've got players like Lingard on 120 grand a week, <laughs> you give 50% of that yeah. up, that pays someone a wage for a year yeah. at the club. Uh, I think we have yeah. actually seen this in the EFL. I know Leeds and Birmingham have both taken 50%. All the players have agreed to take yeah. 50% um, salary cuts uh, in order to help mm. fund the other staff. But yet to see a Premier League club do it. Yeah, it's surprising because obviously they've got the most money. You know? You've got players, players on 200, 300 grand a week. If they, you know, 70% of that, that pays three people's wages a year. It's crazy the amount of money they're on. So... I'm surprised to see the club sort of doing this and sort of relying on the government to sort of pay their staff's wages when the players themselves 
could be donating but I mean I was obviously rich from me saying that you know losing 70% of my income I wouldn't be very happy but I'm not on 100 grand a week um, it's a tough situation but I think the players should should sort of help out the staff of the club because they're the ones that keep the club going on a daily basis do you, do you boys think the players should be doing more? I think so yeah it's the amount of money that like we just said they've got I think it makes all the sense in the world for them to be able to do it. Like you said, thir- if you pay thir- if you get thirty percent of your normal wage and you're earning over a hundred k a week, like you still have a ridiculous amount. And that's not even just one player. Like that's you've got a squad of like twenty, thirty players. Even the average monthly, like average weekly wage between all of those guys, they'd be easily be able to help everyone else at the club. So I think it's just com- it's almost common sense, but just actually just showing appreciation for everyone else in the club at mm. such a like an awful time yeah definitely anything to add Rod I just think that as well that the players are sort of being forced into this a bit by Mike Ashley's selfishness like because other clubs the sort of you know like ones like Arsenal United City and stuff they've all just agreed to keep paying the staff and the play the players are in this situation that they're giving their money to charity instead mm. whereas Mike Ashley Newcastle are a big club they could afford to keep the staff going for a while but as he as he always does he's seen an opportunity to save a bit of money line his own pockets a bit more and he's taken it yeah very interesting well of course we were talking last week about Ashley trying to keep Sports Direct open wasn't he and uh, <laughs> yes we, we all we all agreed that I don't think we'll be shopping at Sports Direct again no I don't think so either no. it's, it's poor staff poor quality stuff and it's it's owned by quite frankly a very selfish man what, where's the place to go Rod? Decathlon, mate. Decathlon. It's very good stuff. Very good quality. We're not sponsored, for the record. No, we're not sponsored, but Rod recommends Decathlon over Sports Direct. Roddy recommends. <laughs> we should do that as a segment. Rod, Roddy recommends. <laughs> Make a little jingle for that. Uh, so moving on to this, the second part of the show today, uh, we didn't want to just talk about coronavirus and waste all your time with what you've already heard. Um, we've been chatting a little bit of fun today about our Premier League, our best Premier League 11s of all time. Um, where only one player from each country could be selected. Mm-hmm. So you can't have uh, Terry and Ferdinand at the back, only one player from England. Uh, you couldn't have two Dutch players. You can only pick one player from each country. And it's actually a lot lot more difficult than I thought, certainly. I don't know how you boys found it. Yeah, it was, it was um, really hard. Um, so my dad actually messaged me a few days ago with this question. And ever since then, I've sort of been chopping and changing my team. And then, you know, we just had a little sit down before we did the show and... Names were coming up that I didn't think about. I was like, oh, how can I not f- remember him? And it's always it's the rogue ones, which the, the African nations. Yeah, exactly. Think, oh, you yeah. think he was French, but he's actually he actually wasn't exactly represented like, Togo. No. <laughs> <and> like, <laughs> it's, it's crazy, but eventually I think. Well, I sort of got my list. Um, yeah, let's go. Let's go with yours first, Doors. Who have you got on your eleven? So I mean, I think goalkeeper's quite easy. So we got Schmeichel, obviously the big Dane. Um, I had John Onorisa left back because I couldn't. Fit, find a way to fit anyone else in. Um, say their nationality as well, just so we, so, so we can re, yeah, yeah. Reece audit is, you. Reese is Norwegian. Um, mm-hmm. So we've got Vidic, who's obviously Serbian. Vinny Company, who's Belgian. Zabaleta, who's Argentinian. I mean, the midfield for me picked itself. Keane, Skulls, Giggs, Ronaldo. Obviously, we've got the Englishman, which is obviously probably the, the biggest sort of debate, really, but Skulls yeah, had to be in there. That was the hardest thing, wasn't it? Picking the Englishman, obviously. Skulls, Skulls just starts, doesn't he? You so know, many English, good English players in the league. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, Skulls. And that, and that obviously is Roy Keane, not Robbie Keane, or any silly things like that. Giggs, <laughs> um, Giggs, Ronaldo, obviously, they picked themselves. And then up front was really hard, but I went with Henri as my one Frenchman, and then Robin van Persie is the Dutch. So that was my team. 
Very, <laughs> obviously very difficult. Um, we also choose a bench as well. So I've, I've yeah, who just with, missed out? Who just missed so out? So Petr Cech in goal, I think, Czech Republic. Um, I've got Azpilicueta, who's Spanish. Lauren, who I found out was Cameroon. I thought yeah, he was French. Yeah, that's um, the one. Fernandinho, uh, Yaya Torre, and then Dwight York and Luis Suarez up front. So, I mean, so many names, but those are the boys. Who, who's your manager? I mean, Suarez Ferguson had to be, didn't it? You know? <laughs> didn't put Andy Robertson in then. No, 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 no. no. John <laughs> he's your Scott. He's your Scott. Made the cut. That's one. Yeah, that's my squad. Talking about Scott. What have you gone for, Hiron? So, I've been the same goalkeeper, Schmeichel. He's top class, isn't he? Um, Peter, of course. Uh, then we've got... <laughs> yeah, it's not Casper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then Pablo Zabaleta, right back. Uh, Andy Robertson, left back. I think two very good uh, left backs. Good Robertson, choice, obviously, a very recent one, but I think he's going to be uh, top class for years. Um, company and Vidic, just Great, that's yeah. great partnership. Didn't you also that Melita was going to be world class? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's no. Rumors than he said he was better than Neymar. Not no, really. I, 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 I don't, I don't know where these words came from. But uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> then, if we go to the midfield, I, I went, I wanted to go for a good balance here as well. So I think Conte um, holding there would be quite nice, and then Silver and Skulls. Wow. I, I, that that's that's David Silva, yeah. That's not, da, David Silva. Not yeah. your beard, so. <laughs> no, no. I think that's a ridiculous midfield in my opinion, um, and even the front three as well. Ronaldo and Giggs, and then Suarez in the middle. Like, I, I don't even know what to say. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, on my bench, then we've got Czech, very very good. Um, I'm probably not far behind Schmeichel at all. Uh, Yapstam, yeah. the top class for United when he was there. Keane, of course. Yaya Torre and then Sanchez was very good as well um, certainly for Arsenal um, and I've got Mares because he's Algerian <laughs> and uh, oh yeah, yeah I mean I could, I could have a bit of a uh, bit of a bias there but I thought Dzeko deserved to be in there as well because he was top you class just say, this years. is a City 2012 yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah a lot of City boys in there mate oh, yeah, quite a few but I, I think that team for That's me a team. is a very good and even the bench is also mm-hmm. world class as well um, Keane was an interesting selection for you, Dawes. I mean, you, I think he's made his way onto my bench as well and, and Hiron's bench as well. What, how can he made it into your starting eleven? Just for his leadership, um, he'd be my captain of the team. I don't think there's ever been a better Premier League captain. Um, he brings the best out of everyone. Um, and, in the big games, he's always performed. You know, that, you know that semi-final against Juve where he produced the goods in the Champions League all those years ago. I just think. Him and Skulls, for me, are the two best midfielders to ever grace the Premier League. So it was e- easy for me to put that in. Obviously, I might be a bit biased because yeah, I'm a United like, fan. Sounds like a United fan. I'm obviously, I'm, you know, obviously, I'm a United fan, and it was hard to leave out the likes of Gerrard and Yaya Torre, Fernandinho, these sort of players. But it's Keenan Skulls for me all day. Mm. Manager I put was uh, Colo Ancelotti as well. For probably the best Italian, probably best Italian manager we've had in the uh, Premier League. Paolo Di Canio, mate. <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> wow. Sorry, mate. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, but uh, yeah, I I, th- I think all that balance is is quite good, along with the talent that comes with each mm-hmm. of the players as well. Yeah, it's good, mate. It's good. What have you got here, Rod? I see a massive notepad. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else has got a few notes, and you've got ridiculous. You've got boxes here. What's going on? Oh, it's because I was writing down names, and then I had to like pick out the There's names. Like tactics here, mate. What's <laughs> yeah, yeah. The fullbacks are overlapping. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, so I went for Schmeichel in goal. I think 
realistically, you know, he was incredible. And he's Danish, which is just great for this this This, <laughs> this challenge, yeah. Yeah. Then I went for Lorraine at right back, Cameroonian. Yeah, interesting one. Again, yeah. it popped up in our research, mm. yeah. Yeah, and then Vidic and company, again, top-class centre-backs from slightly obscure nations. Mm-hmm. Well, especially Vidic. And then I went for... Uh, Cole at left back. Actually, Cole. Yeah, as the yeah. Englishman. Yeah, I had to sort of make the sacrifice of Englishman further up the pitch, just because realistically, there's not been that many great left backs. Mm-hmm. Mm. Then for midfield, I went for Giggs, obvious choice for Welshman. I then went for Keane mm-hmm. as my Irishman. Ronaldo, Portuguese. Bergkamp, bit of Arsenal bias there. <laughs> yeah, a little, little bit, a little bit. Yeah. And then I went for Henri and Aguero up front. Because those those two have been absolutely prolific in the prem. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's Sir Alex as your as your manager. With yeah, that, with a lack of a Scott in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had to be Fergie, and then Wenger and Mourinho were my other two sort of ones I considered but couldn't fit them in. Yeah, fair enough. And then on the bench, Czech, mm-hmm. sensational in his Chelsea days. Not as good at Arsenal, but that was <laughs> that wasn't necessarily his fault. Uh, and then I had Suarez, incredible season. Yaya Torre, Sanchez. Fernandinho and Aspilicueta. Yeah, sounds good to me, mate. Sounds good. Pretty I'm looking forward on. to yours, Maud, because no, I've heard I've heard rumours that you've got some controversial choices. <laughs> well, you know, with these challenges, I like to sort of provide some a little bit, just to widen the debate, if you will. <laughs> um, so yeah, here's, here's my lineup. I've got to check at the back. I think is a regular theme on most of your benches, but yeah. I think he, he pips uh, Schmeichel for me. Schmeichel takes up my my goalkeeper bench position. Um, Azpilicueta uh, uh, right back uh, with a partnership of Vidic and Terry uh, I think I had to put Terry oh, in again for the leadership qualities more than anything you mentioned similar for Keane mm. um, but he, he goes in into my second centre back stock alongside Vidic uh, and then I went for Bale at left back um, <laughs> I think I think a lot of people forget how good he actually was at Spurs and you, it's very it comes up all the time on Twitter you see you know probably one of the best left backs certainly in their sacking sense to, mm-hmm. to grace Premier League and yeah, I'll do. I'll do. I of course appreciate um, Giggs's contribution to the league as a whole, but um, his paring off of the Wales national team it certainly paints a bad picture of him for me. So hence, I chose Bale as my Welshman. Um, in the, the centre midfield, I've gone for um, Michael Essien, of course, yeah. absolute legend at Chelsea in uh, the sort of early Abramovich years, uh, alongside. Potentially one of um, South Korea's greatest ever exports in Jisung Park. I think played a part, of course, in the, the 2002 World Cup run and then later became a legend at United. And I think his sort of uh, poise on the ball, if you will, was unrivaled, especially in the early year, earlier years of the Premier League. We've seen the sort of likes of Kante come in now with similar playing style, but Park in the midfield is, it really does hold the sort of um, sense together. So they're my two holding midfielders. I then got two attacking midfielders in uh, Kevin De Bruyne and Sanchez. Of course, Sanchez, we mentioned earlier, not not so good at United, but um, De, Bruyne, De Bruyne had to go in, I think, um, for his exploits at City over the last, especially the last two or three years, mm-hmm. he's been unstoppable. And then up top, I've got Aguero and Henri, both longevity and, and quality. You, you can't really go wrong. Mm-hmm. Of course, that leaves me with a, a Portuguese, so I put Mourinho in as my manager. I think we, we spoke... A lot about him last week in our icons of, of uh, Premier League management, and he certainly is up there for memes as well as quality. Uh, my bench, Schmeichel, as I mentioned, Fernandinho as a sort of centre back come uh, centre midfielder, uh, Loren, uh, Keane, Suarez, and RVP as well. So that's my, that's 
my Very team boy thoughts. Interesting that you've got Van Persie on the bench, who last week you said was the best ever striker in the Premier League. Yeah, it's a difficult one to be honest. I just I couldn't quite think of the system to fit him in. Yeah. I wanted to play two up front, and I don't think he really works so well in that sort of two yeah. partnership. Yeah, so, I um, you know you've got to think about the tactics as well as just the names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fair, mate. That's fair. I mean, I think one one name that we have left out is Drogba. Um, obviously, Ayatore doesn't doesn't help that situation, but you've got to you've got to consider him um, as well as Dwight York. I mean, he's on my bench, and he has to get a mention. Obviously, Trinidad and Tobago icon, really. But yeah. Yeah, I think your team is very, very interesting. Um, I'd personally start Keane ahead of Park, and I think your team is pretty much perfect then. Keane, <laughs> <laughs> Keane Merchant. He's, come on, he, he's sensational. But yeah, very very good team, that, actually. Very good team. Anything else to add, boys? Yeah, just a few ones that sort of missed out, really. Hazard, we haven't even talked mm. about him, but yeah. you know, at Chelsea, yeah. unstoppable. Mane, again, lining up to be incredible. Then you've got like Lampard and Gerrard in midfield. Very difficult to include as Englishmen, isn't it? The one yeah. Englishman is hard. It's yeah, very, very, very hard. hard. Rio Ferdinand was top class as well. Yeah. yeah. Tony Adams as well. Arsenal Mitchell. Got to mention Rooney, these Rooney names. as well. Rooney, Rooney, yeah. Rooney, Rooney was, was in my team. I was, was about to play Rooney at CDM. Gary at Neville. <laughs> Neville, yeah. I think given the lack of Egyptians, I think Mo Salah was probably unfortunate to miss El out. Nene for me, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be on Nene. Classic Arsenal. Closet Arsenal fan over here, does tell you what. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, mate. Elneny scored on his debut against Barcelona. That was a class goal, to be fair. It yeah, was a good goal. goal. Didn't help the situation. <laughs> yeah, he was like 4-0 down at the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about you boys, but I'm getting extremely warm under yeah. these bedsheets. So I think it's time to wrap up the podcast there. Do tune in next week. Once again, we'll be publishing our podcast every week on... Uh, Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Mixcloud. You can find it on whichever is your favourite podcast service. So do come and listen to us again. This has been They Think It's All Over, and it is now.